This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst, and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. While most everyone is in agreement that it is wonderful news that most places in the United States have opened back up post-pandemic, and that high rates of vaccinations have made socializing much safer now, for some people, the getting back to socializing is fraught with new and surprising anxiety about having any social interactions. Having worked hard for a year and a half to avoid all social interacting and having this change be enabled by fear of contagion and illness, it hasn't been easy to flip the switch and go back to your old ways, as least as easy as many had assumed it would be. I'm hearing from many people struggling with feeling nervous about getting back together with others about shopping, going to dinner with friends, even stumbling on those they know in the parking lot. I'm hearing from parents whose children are also uncomfortable going back to a previous social groove, to hanging out with other friends, being in school together, and trying to make chit-chat. There are more people struggling with social anxiety than before the pandemic. Some of them have had difficulty in this arena before, and that's before the pandemic, and now it's cropped back up again, and some are having anxiety they didn't even have before. So that's why today I'm answering a question I got from a listener about social anxiety post-pandemic. Actually, social anxiety disorder, also known as social phobia, 
is an anxiety disorder involving discomfort around social interaction and concern about being embarrassed and judged by others. This discomfort will be experienced as fear and anxiety, and it'll be accompanied by physical symptoms like sweating or shortness of breath, tremors, jittery feelings, maybe rapid heartbeat, and even nausea for some. It can range in severity from a discomfort, which can be worked around and adapted to, to a virtually disabling fear, interfering with multiple areas of life. The discomfort that people with social anxiety disorder experience can generalize to routine activities, such as eating in front of others or using a public restroom. These people want to be with people and want to participate in social situations, but their anxiety can become unbearable. Social anxiety can lead to isolation and impact development in kids or cause anyone to lose social skills, which can then serve to intensify their already existing social anxiety. Other anxiety disorders can also go along with social anxiety. And social anxiety can lead to depression due to loneliness and isolation and an inability to make social contacts. Some people may end up using drugs or alcohol in an effort to reduce their anxiety in social situations. Social anxiety is not the same as shyness nor introversion. Shyness and introversion are normal. In fact, they're common personality characteristics, which can be very endearing, but can be misconstrued as social phobia. Shyness is a quality which many people actually find attractive, especially those who are less socially confident. It may be more comfortable and you might seek out somebody who's shy if you feel less socially confident. A shy person does not represent a threat and may be easier to approach. Introversion is a choice and a preference for solitary activities, for deep thinking and contemplation, quiet solitude, and the company of a small number of meaningful social contacts rather than a large quantity of shallow contacts. Introverts gain their energy and recharge with some alone time, and extroverts tend to gain their energy from social time with other people. But being shy or introverted has nothing to do with the fear of being judged harshly by others, with the apprehension about socializing because of concerns that it won't go well, and fears of the potential for criticism. Neither do they tend to be plagued after a social interaction with reviewing how it went and thinking about perceived flaws in themselves and in the social interaction. That is a special hell reserved for those with social anxiety. Typically, about 7-10% to 10% of the population struggle with social anxiety at any one time. So you can hear, it's not that rare. 
But post-pandemically, it seems that number is even rising. That is likely because usually social anxiety presents in the mid-teens, and it often runs in families. But it can also occur after a traumatic event. And really, this year and a half of social withdrawal has been such an abrupt change with so much hardship and loss that it has been traumatic for many people at various levels. Now, trying to return to pre-pandemic socializing may trigger a great deal of apprehension after not doing it much at all under the threat of sickness and death. In fact, to actually have social anxiety disorder, you really need to have several of the eight symptoms listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual 5, and they should be socially limiting for you to qualify. Those are the fear or anxiety that is specific to social settings, mostly, in which a person feels noticed, observed, or scrutinized. In an adult, this could include something like a first date, a job interview, meeting someone for the first time, delivering a talk, or publicly speaking in a class or meeting. And in children, those phobic or avoidant behaviors have to occur in a setting with peers. In other words, that's not about adult interactions, but really peer-to-peer. And it would be expressed in terms of age-appropriate distress, which for a child might be clinging to a parent, cringing, crying, or otherwise displaying obvious fear or discomfort. The second thing is typically the individual will fear that they will display their anxiety and then experience social rejection. Third, the social interaction will consistently provoke distress. Fourth, social interactions are either avoided as a result or painfully and reluctantly endured. Fifth, the fear and anxiety will be grossly disproportionate to the actual situation. Sixth, the fear, anxiety, or distress around social situations will persist for six months or longer. That's important. In other words, social anxiety disorder really doesn't get diagnosed unless it's gone on for some time. Seven, it causes personal distress and it impairs your ability to function in one or more areas. That could be work or it could be interpersonal. And eighth, the fear or anxiety cannot be attributed to another medical disorder or to substance use or the bad side effect of another medication. It's important to understand these because you can see that you may be having social anxiety without qualifying for a social anxiety disorder. And that will tell you something about whether it's something that maybe you can work on yourself or whether it's something that would be better suited to have you be evaluated and try to work on with a professional. How Can I Help with Dr. Gail Saltz? We'll be back after this short break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful Beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. So what about the larger number of us that are having some of this going on as we try to get back to pre-pandemic life? Let's get to our listener question for today and see, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, my office is saying that by September 1, everyone will need to return to the office. I am finding myself increasingly nervous about this because as of now, even going to the drugstore and being with unmasked shoppers is making me uncomfortable. Last weekend, our neighborhood had a block party, a summer tradition that everyone felt we could do this year. I went, but was so apprehensive beforehand, and then kept having these awkward moments of not wanting to shake hands with people and hug anyone, really, but not knowing what to do about it and what they were going to do. So it all just felt super uncomfortable. And now I feel like I don't even want to go to a gathering because I can't imagine having to endure that again. But I also know work at the office in person is coming and I really need to go back. What can I do to manage my anxiety about all this re-entry? 
First off, I will say to you, dear listener, that you have loads of company. Many people, maybe even most, are having some level of anxiety around the social aspect of returning to life pre-pandemic. Do I shake hands? Will I insult them if I don't want to hug hello? Will it feel all weird and awkward because it is weird and awkward? The answer is maybe, and that's okay because it's happening all around and you are far from the only one feeling that way. In fact, the first thing that can be helpful is saying something out loud, which just allows you both or all of you there, to laugh a bit, to feel your common discomfort, and be a little more empathic towards each other. So, for example, if you prefer not to hug, start with, I'm not ready to dive back into hugging yet, you know, still adjusting. This is a way of validating your emotions, which is a good thing, always. It's okay to know you feel nervous, apprehensive, and to let others know if this is how you feel. It's likely to encourage them to be willing to share their feelings as well. And you'll both feel supported in having company. At the same time, it's important for you to distinguish in your mind what's truly about safety versus pure anxiety. So, If your office, for example, has set up what you know to be a reasonably safe situation, for example, most of the office is vaccinated and anyone with symptoms is told to stay home, then you can tell yourself that the nerves you're having are anxiety, a feeling state, not a reality. Once you've denoted something anxiety related, the one thing you don't want to do is avoid. Avoidance actually makes anxiety grow. You can go slow. So for example, if you are more comfortable starting back with just one in-person meeting a day, you can tell yourself you're easing in, you're taking baby steps. But the key is to take steps at all. Because as you do something and then see That you are okay, you are actually desensitizing yourself to the anxiety state. And that will help your anxiety to diminish. Try writing down what worries you. Try to realistically assess what's a reality and what's a fear. And then make some plans to have something to say about your comfort level and the choices you'd like to make out loud to people as you encounter them. As the days go on, use some relaxation techniques to keep your body and subsequently your mind more relaxed. For example, using five minutes of deep breathing, doing some form of aerobic exercise for 30 minutes a couple times a week. Try practicing muscle relaxation techniques for a few minutes each day. Even a few minutes of practicing meditation. With each day or two, try to do something in person a little more. Say hi to the cashier. Strike up a chat in the grocery aisle. 
speak to the person in the elevator. The more you do bit by bit, the more over time your anxiety will abate. I hope that was helpful. As with any issue related to the mind, sometimes there are things you can be doing for yourself to help yourself out of the feeling state or to at least tolerate it. But if your social anxiety comes with a whole host of physical symptoms, sweating, nausea, shortness of breath, palpitations, and if your apprehension and dread beforehand is so large and looming that it's impairing your ability to do things, things that you want to do. For example, you won't go to work. You won't shop in a store. You're not able to go out with friends. Then you may need to see and would benefit from seeing a mental health professional. There are types of therapies, especially cognitive behavioral therapy, but also, for example, psychodynamic psychotherapy that can treat social anxiety. Sometimes, with a lot of symptoms, medication is really helpful and allows you to gain more from doing the therapy so you don't need to stay on medication in the long run. Treatments for social anxiety are not long-lived and can make all the difference in the world. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All senders remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? With me, Dr. Gail Saltz. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.